Welcome to the Sober Plug Podcast, where I get you disconnected from addiction and plugged into recovery. I'm your host, Connor Duffy. If you are struggling with addiction, you can reach out to my direct line. That is 203-917-8862. Again, 203-917-8862. Whether you need options for treatment, whether you need options for meetings list or local resources in your area, you can reach out to me. What I want to talk with you about today is uh, very simply put, three things that lead to relapse. And these three things are, um, you know, things that you really need to be mindful of to, uh, to work on, especially in your early recovery and, uh, and also throughout, you know what I mean? It's just that the beginning of sobriety, it is the foundation and you really need to be mindful of certain things. Um, the one thing that I will say is that everybody is different. So, um, it doesn't pertain in this order to everybody, but it's a very common theme that I've seen with people are these three things. So I'm going to hop right into it. The first thing that I see is, uh, number one is loneliness, um, slash isolation, you know, loneliness and isolation. Now everybody handles, uh, loneliness, a little bit differently, right? Some people like to be alone. Some people are more introverted. Um, I'm not saying you need to necessarily be a social butterfly in order to stay sober. That's not what I mean. What I'm talking about here is that you can you could feel lonely while being with a bunch of people, and you can also feel lonely uh, while you are uh, by yourself and and isolated, legitimately. You know what I mean? Um, loneliness is more of a feeling. It's, it's the lack of connection with other people. It's not really so much about being around others physically. Um, it's more so being connected with individuals. And so, um, it's why a really, a big piece of recovery that I mention often is getting connected with people that are sober getting connected with people that can really show you the ropes to sobriety and, and getting some guidance. Um, because we all need some form of mentorship. We all need some form of connection. We are human beings. We need to feel heard and understood, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, whether you're a kid, whether you're an adult, uh, it really doesn't matter. We need some type of, uh, we need to feel like we're a part of, of a wolf pack of some sort doesn't mean you need to have a hundred friends. It doesn't mean you need to be a social butterfly like I mentioned before, but it does, it does mean that we need to have some type of connection, you know? And the interesting thing is that you, you don't even necessarily need to, um, you know, speak with people in person on a daily basis or anything like that, but it's even something as simple as listening to this podcast or you know, having content that you can relate to or, um, you know, or can be going to your local AA meetings or it could be having conversations with people that you are tight with over the phone, but having some sort of connection where you feel heard and understood and you can relate to people that have been where you are is so important because, see, when we start to isolate and and feel lonely, what is a uh, what is an easy solution to that that is immediately gratifying it's using it's drugs and alcohol it's a very uh, quick solution uh, although it may be a poor one it is a way to not care 
about being isolated. It is a way to not give a shit if you don't have connections with friends or, or some type of support. You know what I mean? It's a very quick getaway. So, um, you know, you, be, you need to really be mindful of the amount of time that you're spending in isolation um, and, and really gravitating towards people that have some time that you can relate to is invaluable. It's one of the most um, important things you could do in your sobriety. You know what I mean? Because you got to remember, addiction is a problem of the mind. It's not so much a problem of uh, drinking the alcohol itself or using the drugs itself. The substance isn't really the issue. The whole problem is the way that we think. It is the way that we process uh, handling our issues. And the best way to combat that is to talk with others who have been there before. I would not be sober today if it weren't for the people in my life that were in my corner when I was first getting sober. There's no chance, no way I would have been able to get clean, you know? So, uh, and a lot of those people really talked to me, uh, talked to me through a lot of situations that I just did not know how to handle the right way. I just didn't know how to handle in a mature, uh, sober way. Um, and people really showed me by example how to handle these things that once, you know, really used to baffle me. And, and I learned how to grow emotionally, mentally, uh, physically, and spiritually in sobriety because of these close relationships. Um, so isolation and loneliness is number one. Now, number two is almost on the opposite end over here. It's spending time with your old friend group, with the people that are getting high and that are drinking uh, that are involved in that arena, that are involved in that environment. Um, this is huge. I mean, this was something I really struggled with immensely when I was first getting clean. And I really kept stubbing my toe until I learned the fucking lesson finally. You know what I mean? And I kept on going back to the same old friends. I kept telling myself that, you know, um, I'm strong enough uh, what are they doing? I'm just curious. I'm just going to hang out with them every once in a while. And it never worked out. You know what I'm saying? Because I had one foot in my old lifestyle while I was, you know, really trying to put one foot in the other lifestyle and grow as an individual. And it, and it just didn't align. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like trying to date somebody that it has totally different goals, ambitions, uh, uh, you know, and morals than you do. But, you know, you're attracted to the person, but you're, you know, it's not going to work long term, but you're trying to make it work. And eventually it just, it ends up being more frustrating and ends to this, into a disaster um, than anything else. And, you know, for me, I really had trouble accepting the fact that a lot of the people I spent time with uh, growing up, I needed to, to put separation between me and them. That was really difficult for me to do because I've always been a loyal individual. I've always, you know, uh, to a fault. I'm loyal to people, um, at least I used to be, that didn't necessarily um, prove that they were worthy of my loyalty. You know what I'm saying? Loyalty needs to be earned. And, and a lot of times we build close relationships with people that really don't deserve um our attention and it's because our goals are aligned towards the wrong things we're focused on using and of course if we are getting high and we are drinking we are going to align um, ourselves with other people who value those same exact things so you know um, 
it's not that they are not true friendships either. And that's, that was another thing too, I really battled with a lot of the people that I did party with and get high with and, and do the wrong things with, they also did support me in, in some rough times, you know what I mean? And so that's where I really had the dilemma of, um, this false sense of, of loyalty. Um, and I was focused on being loyal to them when I really needed to be loyal to myself. It doesn't make you a bad person if you need to, you know, keep people at an arm's length and love them from a distance. Um, it doesn't take away from the, the memories and the good times and, and, you know, the, the value that you got from the relationship at the time. But when it comes down to it, your life is on the line. When you're struggling with alcohol and staying sober and you're fucking around with drugs that will kill you, you need to choose your life over everything. You know what I mean? Because if you don't stay sober, the rest isn't going to matter. And I just needed to get to the point where I had to learn my lesson over and over and over again. I kept relapsing because I kept hanging around the people that were doing the same old shit. And I wasn't willing to separate and detach from these people because I was afraid. I was afraid of being alone. It's like the number one. It was the first thing that I talked about is loneliness. I thought that sobriety was going to be a lonely road and my focus was was really on the wrong thing it's not that sobriety needs to be lonely it's that you need to detach from people that are doing the wrong thing and surround yourself with people doing the right thing so i just thought that i was going to be alone i was you know 18 19 20 years old when i was trying to get clean here and there you know what i mean and finally i did get clean at 20 um and I was not able to get sober until I did finally separate myself from those people. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, you don't owe your loyalty to anybody. You need to be loyal to you because at the end of the day, your life depends on your sobriety. And um, that was really tough for me, though. It was not easy to do. And um, I really uh, I really struggled with that. You know what I mean? And. Um, you can have a lot of good times with people and have fun, but simultaneously know that you need to keep a distance. And I kind of look at it like the toxic ex-girlfriend um, that you can't stay away from uh, or whoever's listening. You know, if you're listening to this, the toxic ex-boyfriend, whatever the case may be, that you have a really good time with. And um, but, you know, it's not going to end up being what you need it to be. And it's as simple as that. You know what I'm saying? You don't owe any explanations. You don't owe anything to anybody. Um, but this needs to be the most uh, important thing in your life because it really truly is. You know what I mean? Um, and our mind has a very interesting way of justifying poor behavior and, and making it seem like it's acceptable. The truth of the matter is, is the people that are doing the wrong thing, if you surround yourself with those people long enough, they're going to take you out before you pull them into sobriety. And that was another thing I struggled with too. I really thought that I could save all my friends um, from their addiction. And they didn't want to get fucking sober. You know what I'm saying? They didn't want to get clean. Eventually some of them did, but that was on their own time. And it certainly wasn't going to be uh, from me who was, you know, three weeks sober or a month sober. And I thought I can, you know, save other people. It doesn't work that way, you know? On that same, uh, uh, with that said, though, I, I will say 
that you'd be amazed how many people will end up following your lead and come to you for help when you are a proven authority of, of someone who could stay sober. And, you know, eventually people will come to you when they know that you've done the right thing and, and you will attract when you start to live in your truth and you start to really focus on your sobriety and doing what you need to do, you will start to attract people that want to uh, come on board and you could be a power of example, you know what I mean? And I started to see that uh, later on in my sobriety as I started to accumulate some time. But it certainly wasn't going to happen by me hanging out with old friends and pulling them into sobriety before they were ready. I needed to prove that I could stay sober. And then when they were ready, they knew where to go, you know. Um, so keep that in mind. If that's something you can relate to, really keep that in mind. They will drag you into their circle and into their way of living before you drag them into yours. And that's just the truth. And number three is a really big one. It's anger and resentment. Anger and resentment causes the, the most amount of relapses from what I've seen since I've started working in the field and personally as well. Um, anger, holding on to anger and resentment is like holding on to a burning uh, hot coal, expecting it to burn somebody else. Or another great uh, phrase is drinking poison, expecting someone else to die. All it does is impacts you. It only hurts you. And anger and resentment is an emotion that's very, very powerful. And it's something that we cannot afford to hold on to when we are sober. Uh, I mean, we can't even afford it when we're using either. We just can't afford it, period. You know what I mean? And I know when I get angry and resentful uh, and spiteful, I will do things that I don't normally do. I get irrational um, because it's such a strong emotion. Um, usually there is some sort of fear underneath anger. Anger is a secondary emotion. There, it's really camouflaged uh, as fear. There is something that we fear that makes us angry with whatever is happening. And a lot of the times it's because we can't accept what is going on uh, that is outside of our control. And when we refuse to accept things, whether it be people, whether it be uh, the way people respond or the way people act or whatever it may be, there's so many things that we can't control. Um, all we can really control is our own attitudes, behaviors, and perspective. And that's really all we need to flourish and do well in this life. But when we don't accept other things that are out of our control, this is when we suffer. This is when we get angry. I will speak for myself. This is when I used to get angry. And it really leads down a dark path because when you can't accept things for the way that they are, when you are not capable of accepting reality, you are fighting yourself. It is what it is. That's one of my favorite sayings. It is what it fucking is. You're not going to change something that is out of your control. So by, you know, not being able to accept something, you're really doing yourself a disservice. You're really doing yourself an injustice because it leads to anger. It leads to resentment. And anger and resentment leads right to the bottle. It leads right to the bag. You know, um, I would act very uh, irrational. I would not um, do things that I normally would do. And, and the problem with anger is, is, um, you know, you're, I, I know that I would be acting irrational and I know that I'd be making a mistake and I still didn't give a shit. 
you know? Anger is almost like being drunk on emotion. You do things that are just not in your normal self. And you almost, it's so easy to justify too. I know it is for me. Like when I used to get really upset and, and anger is something I really struggled with when I was a kid. You know what I mean? It's gotten way better throughout, throughout the years. I mean, in my addiction, it was really bad, of course. Um, and in my early sobriety, it, it was, it was pretty tough too, but I started to work on it big time because it kept getting me in trouble. And I knew I couldn't afford it because every time I did, I wanted to get high. I didn't want to feel the way that I was feeling. You know, it's like anger for me is like, uh, it's a pressure. Uh, it's almost like being filled up with pressure in your body and there's no way to, uh, if I don't release it in some way, uh, I'm going to blow up. And that's exactly what it was for me. And, and so that would lead to getting high quite a bit. That was the way that I released uh, all the pressure, all the buildup, so to speak. Um, now, of course, in sobriety, I learn healthy coping mechanisms, right? Whether that be talking with another recovering alcoholic or recovering addict, uh, that's always a helpful one, which goes back to number two that I talked about, right? Uh, healthy coping mechanisms like going to the gym, working out, you know, taking your anger out on fucking working out and getting an awesome pump on and moving the blood and, you know, p putting your mind and your focus on other things that are more geared towards uh, your health and using your anger to actually benefit you, if anything, uh, especially in the gym. Um, another practice, another coping mechanism is meditation. Meditation is something that has been tremendously beneficial to me throughout my life. You know, journaling is another way to uh, release whatever it is that you're feeling. And, you know, you really have to think about how you're going to um, release anger and resentment. Now, if this, is, if this isn't something that you could really relate to, if it's not something you need to deal with, consider yourself very blessed and lucky because um, this is the biggest one this is the biggest uh, trigger for people. So you really have to look at how you're going to attack, how you're going to um, respond to anger, how you're going to deal with it in a logical way. Because once you start to deal with it in an emotional way and you get carried away, you're really heading down the wrong path. You know what I mean? So journaling, meditation, working out, speaking with another addict or an alcoholic who's in recovery, uh, serving people. That's another big one because if you're focused on helping somebody else, you're not focused on your shit, you know? And, and also another thing that really helps me with anger is, um, if something's bothering me in the moment, what I like to do is I like to zoom out and I like to ask myself the question, is this something that's going to hinder me? Is this something that's going to impact me uh, a week from today, 30 days from today, a year from today, five years from today. And 99% of the time, the answer is no. And 99% of the time, that lets me know that it's really not that big of a fucking deal. You know, my ego is usually getting in the way or something's going on that is, you know, not allowing me to focus on the bigger task at hand that, hey, this is a small thing. If it's not going to impact me over the long term, I really don't need to uh, stew on it and get so worked up and worried about it. Um, and, you know, what I noticed is when I was younger, I would 
really, I'd want to be right. I'd want, I was more focused on being right, being correct, or proving people uh, to my point, which would then frustrate me because, of course, most of the time that would not be the case. So I'd end up getting angry about that. And now as I've gotten older, um, I could certainly still be stubborn, no doubt about it. And I could definitely, um, my ego can kind of get in the way sometimes for sure. Um, because I want certain things a certain way, of course, you know what I mean? I'm a human being, but it, it has certainly gotten better. And, um, I can always bring myself back to that. Like, is this something I need to be right over? Is this something that's going to impact me long term? Is this something that I really need to get worked up over? Um, or can I handle this in a healthy way? You know, so these are the three things that you really need to focus on that you need to be careful of when it comes to relapse. Um, you know, isolation slash loneliness is number one. Number two is hanging around old uh, friend group or people, places, and things. And then number three is anger and resentment. These are the three that you really need to focus on, you know, and really be mindful of. But that's pretty much all I have for today. I really appreciate you tuning in and being here. It really does mean a lot. Uh, the support really means everything to me. And, um, you know, if you could rate this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it. And if you could share it with somebody that you know is struggling, this is pretty much the only way that we can get my message out there to other people who are struggling. And that's really what this is about. It's helping people that are struggling and really lending a hand uh, when it, when it, where it's needed. It, a lot of people are struggling today, you know what I'm saying? And to be honest with you, it's 2024. There is no reason why um, people cannot get sober today. There are resources everywhere, um, whether it be online, whether it be through podcasts and content, whether it be local resources or whether it be treatment options as well. Um, so let's spread the good word, guys, and, and you know do everything that we can to, to help people here. So um, that's all I have for today. Uh, if you're struggling with addiction, you can reach out to my direct line. That is 203-917-8862. Again, 203-917-8862. Much love. I will see you on the next one.